Hello and welcome to the Parish Podcast of St. Anthony of Padua Catholic Church in the Woodlands, Texas. We're excited to share with you Sunday at St. Anthony's, a homily message from this past weekend that we hope you'll find enlightening. Thanks for tuning in and praying with us. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole world should be enrolled. This was the first enrollment. When Curanius was governor of Syria, so all went to be enrolled, each to his own town. And Joseph too went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to a city of David that is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David to be enrolled with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. While they were there, the time came for her to have her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were shepherds in the region living in the fields and keeping the night watch over their flocks. The angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were struck with great fear. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, a Savior has been born for you, who is Christ and Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find an infant wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly, there was a multitude of the heavenly host with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those of whom his favor rests. And this is the gospel of the Lord. For those who don't know, um, at Christmas time, there's four different sets. You could go to Mass four different times and hear four set, different sets of readings, four different sets of um, prayers. Why? Because the church wants us to enter deeply into the mystery of, of God's love for us and as well like what's happening. Um, especially too, I think she gives it to us because she knows sometimes Advent just rolls on by quicker than we get to really enter into it. That we get to prepare for it, um, for what God has for us. I would encourage you, like go, go home, whether you have a daily Roman Missal, uh, maybe not tonight after the Midnight Mass, but um, I don't know, maybe you're going to be pumped after the Midnight Mass and be like, I have to read my Bible all night long. Or just tomorrow, on Christmas Day, or the 12 days of Christmas, like go and read these readings so we can get a grasp, so you can pray with it as you slowly but surely get a grasp of what God is trying to convey here. Um, two big things that if we just wanted to look at like tonight's reading from the vigil and even tonight at midnight, there are two big themes. One is kingdoms and love. 
kingdoms. We're hearing even within the gospel that was just proclaimed, like it's beginning to speak of like who was there. Like, okay, it was during the time of Caesar Augustus. It was during the time of this one particular governor in Syria. Yeah, that's giving us a historical context, but it's also setting up that there was a kingdom there. And just like how in our second reading is talking about like how God came He came to save us from lawlessness. Yes, that's from sin, but also, as is spoken of in the scripture, the lawless one. The one who from the very beginning when God made us in his image and likeness, he hated it. And the devil came to bring his lawlessness, his rebellion, and to infect us with that and usher in his kingdom of darkness. And the Lord, like from that very moment, as is said by the saints, with the first step that Adam made out of the Garden of Eden was the first step that Jesus Christ made into the Garden of Gethsemane. The swaddling clothes that we hear of today, the saints will, will reflect upon and go like, yes, just as he was swaddled as a babe, wrapped tightly, so too will he be wrapped tightly in clothes when he is buried in the tomb. Both for utter love of us, Both um, to show us, again, show us his love and through his actions to bring forth the kingdom of light, the kingdom of peace, where he reorders the world, like by his love. Because, brothers and sisters, that's what love is. As Christ says in other pieces of scripture, he came to bring the sword, to destroy the kingdom of darkness, to cut out, to help us cut out from our life all that would separate us from him because he desires deep and intimate communion with us. And this is why, again, we have to read the the whole of the scriptures that we were given on Christmas by by Holy Mother Church. Because why? We need to look at even what would be at the vigil. I know it's everybody's favorite reading, like, and then Sheatiel was the father of Zerubbabel, and then, yeah, I know you all love that one. But that's a very important one. Why? Because it's setting up again that Christ is the king. That he has this lineage. But also too, if you look at that family tree, it is messed up. It has got a bunch of sinners in there. And God's like, yeah, I want all in that. This is where I want to come, into that. And I want to bring, again, reorder to it. I want to reorient it. I want to reorient my people back to me. Back to the one who loved them since before there was time. Because remember, we have to remember, like God is perfect. He has absolutely no need of us. And yet, he loves us. He created the whole universe so that you and I could be here, sins and all. So that our hearts could fall in love with him. Could receive him. um, Could enter into holy communion with him. Um, He comes. In fact, that's... That's why he comes. This is why, and he, this is what he desires to do. Again, it's this grand love story, like at the very beginning of, again, the vigil masses gospel, the one that has the gigantic, like, lineage. It says the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Which if we were looking at that in Greek, it's, it's going to say the book of Genesis of Jesus Christ. He's bringing us back all the way to the beginning. He wants to undo everything in our lives, but not just human, humanity's life, our lives he wants to come into each one of our lives and then again in a very deep and intimate way the first reading which is also speaking of like how he will come and how he will be king and how he will be victor um, but also to win hearts in that first reading uh, from the vigil he speaks of how he will espouse 
the land. He will call the land which represents the people, his beloved, his espoused. Yes, because that's the sort of relationship he wants with us. Marriage, brothers and sisters, the sacrament of matrimony, like is so important. This is why the devil hates it. This is why he wants to destroy it. This is why Mary at Fatima told Lucia that the last battle that's coming before the end will be against marriage. Because if God has already convinced the majority of the world that Jesus Christ is just a nice guy with some good stuff to say, which is false, we know, the next thing he has to destroy is destroy the image of the Trinity and love. Because then our hearts will never have the joy that he made us for, that was spoken of even in our readings tonight in Isaiah that he came to give us joy, abundant joy. Jesus Christ says, I have come to give you my joy and I desire that my joy be complete in you. Again, that marital sort of love is what he, uh, is the image that he gives us to help us understand this deep abiding like relationship he wants. It also helps us understand like why it's so good that we come here. Why it's so good that every Sunday, every holy day we come to mass because what does he do? In the waters of baptism that was like betrothal, he chose us, he called us, he beckoned us, and we entered into relationship with him. And then what? We process that relationships deepens and deepens and deepens till we get to this moment where the two flesh become one, where the bridegroom gives you his bride, his very body, enters into a deeply mystical marital embrace and is calling you deeper through each reception, each worthy reception, deeper and deeper into his love. Why? Because he desires his joy to be in you and your joy, his joy, to be complete. And so for the rest of the homily, I want us to think about Christian joy and how do we preserve it. Because here's the thing, most of us, like right now, we're, we're like joyful, we love Christmas, like it's great, that's good. It doesn't end here. The Christian joy is not supposed to end at the end of Christmas. Christian joy is supposed to be ordinary and at all times. So we need to like reflect really quickly on like what is joy. We know it can't be pleasure because all of us have been there. We're all sinners in need of a savior. We've all chosen some illicit pleasure somewhere down the line. And what happened? We were robbed of joy. We felt defeated. We felt alone. We maybe felt shame. So we know it can't be that joy and pleasure are the same. No, if anything, the saints show us the precise opposite. They can be under torture and ridicule and like even great suffering and be put to death and they have great joy. This is the witness of like St. Maximilian Kolbe. This is the witness even of Christ our Lord who at this moment of the greatest suffering is joyful because what is he doing? He's reconciling us with the Father. And so it's a reminder to us that joy, again, not being pleasure, but what is it? For a Christian, it is being known and knowing that we are loved by God. So often we lose our Christian joy, um, yes, because of sin. Like the scriptures tell us that like we have an enemy and he, came, he comes only to kill and to steal. He comes to kill our relationship with God through sin. And he comes to steal our joy. How does he steal it? When we slowly but surely allow him and we cooperate with him to let the relationship with Christ go more and more distant when ultimately Christ, again, he wants that deep abiding relationship. When we, go, when we listen to that voice that says, oh, it's too late, don't pray. Oh, there's so much on my plate, like I can't make time for that. I got to do all these other things. Oh, I'm not going to go to mass this Sunday. All the devil's doing is trying to kill us 
and our joy. Kill those opportunities where we can stop and recognize that we are loved by a Savior. We are loved by God. We are loved by the perfect one who, though he does not need us, wants us, desires us, calls to our hearts so that we might have joy. And so in this season of Christmas, but also, again, going forth into ordinary time, and even as we traverse and move towards Lent and Easter, again, walking through the life of Christ, allowing it to be represented to us in time so we can enter into those mysteries, we need to look at how we preserve our joy. What things, what do we need to change um, so that we can, again, preserve that joy, that knowledge of who I am and whose I am. And so let us in this Christmas season, again, reading the scriptures, reading these readings that we would have for us, um, but so too carving out like a way of life that focuses on him, that gives him time, the lover of our souls, in daily prayer and meditation upon the scriptures, in coming again to this place where he gives us his body, truly, really, and substantially. Let us like commit in this new year um, to the ways that will not only where we're going to like get rid of things that rob us of joy, but place ourselves in the place where we can encounter him, the lover of our souls, who will show us who we are and whose we are. And then from that place, be able to receive the gift that is joy, that gift that like surpasses all understanding, that gift that can help us and any suffering that we might be going through, be, transform it. Because that's what Jesus Christ came to do. Not to take away suffering, but to change it, to transform it, to make it to be a means of union with him. This is how we can now like hang an instrument of torture in our churches. Because Christ has overcome. Christ has conquered. He has journeyed into all the things that scare us, alienation, fear, like ridicule, suffering, death. He's gone there and he destroyed it. We celebrate tonight that he came first as a little babe. When it's hard for us to be able to ponder the God who, yes, asks some big demands of us, who challenges us to love beyond our own understanding, tonight we come to ponder a little babe, a little child, Yes, he may be destined for that cross, but we come tonight to see and ponder his humility. The humility that he would come needing even a man and a woman, a husband and a wife, Mary and Joseph. And we ponder, again, as we try to preserve our joy, like that he needs us. The God who didn't need us to create us says he needs you to save you. And so tonight we come and we thank him and we ponder his love. And we ponder his love that he's going to come here again in moments, still is already with us, abiding with us, because he is a God who loves and keeps his promises no matter what, even when we stray. And he promised he would be with us till the end of the age. And so we thank him. And we ask him to fill us with that knowledge of his love so that we may persevere in true joy. St. Anthony of Padua, pray for us.